0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. If only it were that easy to just run away, you know. Um, Here's what I want to do. I want to start today. I want you to think about your emotional reaction. I'm going to give you a word. Um, I want you to just, just don't say it out loud. I'll give you a chance to say it out loud. But just, I'm going to give you a word. And I just want you, what emotion comes to your mind when you hear this word, okay? The word is finances, okay? Now I'm going to give you a chance to shout it out. So everybody, I'm going to say it again. What is the emotional reaction that comes to your mind when you hear the word finances? Yeah, okay. Well, I didn't quite pick up all of those, but if you said the word worry... Congratulations, you are at the top of the list. Most Americans... They actually did some research on this, um, and I know it's true because I looked it up online. Um, But (laughs) emotional reaction to the word money or to finances, the number one response emotionally that people have to that is anxiety or worry. That is the most common emotional reaction. In fact, they actually did research... They did... um, the top eight emotional responses to the word money or to the word finances. Number one was anxiety. Number two was depression. <laughs> number three was anger. And number four was helplessness. Those are the top four answers. When people hear the word money, how they feel about it is anxiety, depression, anger. It was all the way down to number five when finally showed up happiness. Number six was excitement, and then seven was envy, and number eight was resentment. Out of the top eight emotional responses that people have to the word money or finances, six of the eight are negative. And it's all the way down to number five that people start thinking money makes me happy, although we talk about it all the time, and we spend a lot like it's trying to make us happy. The number one answer to the response to money is... Worry. Let me read to you what Jesus said about that. Matthew 6, verse 31. Do not worry. (laughs) Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, now that's not a derogatory term. Pagan is just simply the word to use for those who don't believe in God. So, people who don't believe in God run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, and he says it again therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble for its own. The number one response, emotional response, is worry. And you know what we worry about? It's really not, we don't worry, really, we don't worry about meeting our needs. What we worry about is our debt. And you know how we got into debt? Not by trying to meet our needs, but by pursuing our wants. And your heavenly father never intended you for you to live with that worry. You know what we do, typical American, you know how we handle that worry? We spend more. <laughs> we spend more, we spend all or more than we have, which of course produces more debt which produces more worry, and then we spend more, which produces more debt, and more, and on and on and on it goes. You were never intended to live that way. And that's why we're going through this whole series about the ABCs of money, because it is, I think it is one of the reasons why Jesus talks so much about money. He talked more about money than any other single subject, because he knows, as he said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And we talked about this last week. The number one competitor for your heart that God has is your money. It's your finances. And he knows that. And we were not meant to live with that worry. And he has given us advice all throughout scripture about how to relieve that worry. He didn't just say, oh, just stop worrying. They're actually biblical principles. In fact, that's what the ABCs is all about. It's written, we talked about this last week. We've got the books available. The ABCs of Financial Freedom is written by a guy named Barry Cameron, a pastor of a church, Crossroads Church in Texas. He was so badly in debt, and their church was so badly in debt, that they just said, this is right, this is not right, this is wrong, this is crazy. Um, And they just started putting into practice, individually and as a church, biblical principles for handling the finances, and it's an amazing thing, tough choices, but they made them, and he's been, their family's been living debt-free since 2001, the church is completely out of debt, they're able to do so much more in the way of ministries, all that, so we thought this is so important, and such a big issue for most of us in this room, is that we bought a bunch of these books that we are giving away free, we want you to pick up your book, if you, how many have already gotten your book, did you get it this week? All right, very good. How many have started reading your book? Okay, if you buy the book. If you don't read it, it's—I mean, we're, you don't even have to buy it. We're giving you the book, but you got to read it. It doesn't do you any good if you don't read it. Now, along with the book, there is a workbook. This is where you do the real work. Now, this we're charging you for because you got to have some investment in this whole thing. It's. Three dollars, all right, and we actually ran out of them last week. We had to order more, and i 'm told we 're probably going to run out of those if you got one, if you didn 't get one last week, but you put in the order you got that first chapter that we kind of ran off a copy for you. You can pick that up we 've held those aside for you if you have not picked up, please stop by um, the desk out in the lobby. Buy your copy because this is going to help you put into practice the things that are in that book. And, and if we run out, we will give you photocopies, chapters 1 and 2. We will, we'll order more. We'll have those for you next week. But um, we really want everybody to get in on this. This is going to be so liberating for you and so important for you moving forward. And then also, by the way, if you don't, each week in the bulletin, there's just a little insert like this. It's just some important facts, things you need to know. So take and make use of that. Um, So we started the series last week. It's called the ABCs. Last week was the A, which is attitude. And the attitude is recognizing that God is the owner and I'm a manager. It is not my stuff. It is God's. He is the owner. I'm the manager. And my responsibility is to manage it wisely. And if you don't believe that that is a truth, let me just ask you, at the end of your life when you die, what's going to happen with all the stuff and all that you've accumulated and all that you've saved over the years? It's going to go to somebody else. (laughs) It was just on loan to you for that length of time, and you got to approach your whole finances with that understanding. That is the biggest important part. If you didn't get here last week, please go back and listen to the podcast. Go online on our website. Watch the video cast. Each thing builds on itself. This is not just a a, 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 not just a giving um, thing. It's not just a budgeting thing. It's not just a debt thing. It's really a holistic approach to handling your finances. Starts with A, which is your attitude. Today, we're going to talk about, B, bondage, specifically the bondage of debt. And the whole idea in all this thing is if we get to, if we understand and begin to see things the way God sees things, it'll just make much more sense. We used a quote from Andy Stanley last week. When we see as God sees, we'll be more likely to do as God says. When we we see things the way God sees them, it suddenly makes more sense and we begin to do because it really does make sense. Sense, And that's what we're doing through this whole series. So today we're going to talk about bondage and getting out of that bondage of debt. And uh, I'm going to start with this idea. To free yourself from the bondage of debt, you've got to acknowledge the truth about your debt, because we are so good at living in denial. We live so much in denial. Um, we, 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 we live with this idea that as long as I'm paying my bills As long as I'm making those payments, even if it's a minimal payment, as long as I'm able to make those payments, as long as I can keep my head above water, then I'm doing pretty good. And you are delusional. (laughs) Because if you are just making minimum payments, if you're just keeping your head above water, you are not in good shape. And all it takes is one crisis to really put you over the edge. But we 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 tell ourselves, and and we're really good at justifying our debt. When we first started, I've I've got a lot of great reasons for why I got into debt. When when we were first starting Northgate, twenty six years ago, twenty five years ago, and things were really really tight, and we were just you know really didn't have any serious income at all, we started living on our credit cards. Not a wise thing to do. We bought things that we discarded later. I'll put it that way. Okay, we were buying food with our credit cards. It was just, it was crazy. And when we finally started to get, you know, a handle on all this, and just about the time we got it all under control and paid off all of that debt, our kids graduated from high school and went away to college. And we started all over again. Lots of good reasons. You know, I, I, we went into debt because we were planting this church. We were doing it for the glory of God. And, 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 and we were putting our kids through college. We went into debt. But it was a lot of good reasons. Here's the problem. It's still debt. And we, we convince ourselves that this is, this is a worthy cause. This is something. We, this is okay. And we're just fooling ourselves. And then on top of that, the credit card companies are really, really, really good at public relations. I got one of these this week. I get at least one, maybe two or three each week. I am pre-approved. You probably get these too. I, am, I shouldn't show the name of the bank. Um, I am pre-approved. In fact, I'm so pre-approved, they're going to give me a $100 customer bonus if I'll open up this credit card. They're going to give me $100 just to get a credit card. Well, you read the fine print on the back. You have to spend $1,000 on their credit card in the first 90 days to get the $100. They're going to give me $100 back, but I've got to spend 1000 on their credit card. And, and, you go, and you go through this whole thing. They give you points. They give, you give lots of points. In fact, if I use enough of the credit card, I can get 15,000 points. 15,000 points. Imagine that. And you read through this whole thing and I'm pre-approved, and they tell me all the wonderful things, and they, oh, they talk about credit, they talk about making my payments, they talk about no annual fee, all those things. Nowhere on that whole solicitation does it use the word debt. You got credit. Let me give you a couple definitions. Credit is the ability to obtain goods or services before, that's the operative word, before payment. The definition of debt Something, typically money, that is owed or due. Now, if you buy something before payment, where does that put you? In debt. <laughs> yeah. See, they are the same thing. You are buy- you're getting something before payment, but because you didn't pay for it, now you are in debt. Something typically owed, money, that is owed or due. See, we, we just got to get a sense about the wording we use. God will tell you the truth about debt. We lie to ourselves. We got companies that will lie to us. Here's the truth about debt. This is what God says. First of all, it just isn't wise. It says, Proverbs seventeen eighteen. the one who has no sense shakes hands in pledge and puts up security for a neighbor. Now, it sounds like he's just talking about co-signing. But if you read the translation in the New American Standard Version, this is what it says. A man lacking sense pledges and becomes a guarantor in the presence of his neighbor. Kind of like a notary public, okay? In any way that you take on debt, it's just not wise. Here's the thing. The moment that you buy something, the moment you finance something, the moment you put something on credit, here's what happens. Two things happen. The moment you make that purchase, the value went down and the price went up because now you're paying interest on it. The moment you purchase that brand new car, the moment you drive it off the lot, its value has just gone down and the price just went up because you bought it on credit. It put you into debt. That's the truth. And he says, that's just not wise. But he goes on. There's more to it. He says, it's wrong to borrow money without repaying it. Psalm 37, 21, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give Generously. Now, here's the thing. If you are making just the minimum payment on your credit cards, you are not repaying. You are not paying it back. And what the Bible says is that's wicked. It's wicked to borrow and not repay. If you're making the minimum payment, you are not repaying, so that, that's, that's wicked. He it said it's wrong. It's wrong. It's not wise. It's wrong. And here's the worst part of it is, That debt makes you a slave to somebody else. Look at this verse, Proverbs 22. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. And the more creditors that you have, the more owners you have, the more masters you have. That's the truth. Why would you give up your freedom for stuff. Now, I'm not just talking to you. Why have I given up my freedom for stuff? Because that's what I lost. Became a slave. So we've just been working really, really hard now at getting out of that slavery. Now, I am not telling you this stuff to beat you up. I'm not telling you all of this to make you feel stupid or guilty or anything. Like This is really intended to help you. Because the first step... See, the first step in any road to recovery starts with step number one. I admitted that my life had become unmanageable and I am powerless to change it. That's the first step in any 12-step program. So the first step is to acknowledge the truth about your debt. Then you're ready to do the next thing, which is this... That once we're willing to acknowledge the truth about our debt, then we got to take the necessary steps to free ourselves from debt. Jesus said this. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Let me put it up here on the screen if you would. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. you got to distinguish between wants and needs. We've got to learn to distinguish between wants and needs. See, look at all these things. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Those are what? Those are needs. Those are needs. And he says, Your heavenly father knows that you need them. He said, That's why you don't have to worry about that stuff. Don't worry about that. The problem is, like I said, it's not because we're pursuing our needs, it's because we're pursuing our wants. We just got to make that distinction. And here's one of the ways. If we would just learn to change our vocabulary, instead of saying, I need that new car, say, I want that new car. I need that new pair of shoes. No, you want a new pair of shoes. If we would just learn to change our vocabulary, it might make us stop for a moment and think, do I really need this? Or do I just want it? And do I want it bad enough that I'm going to put myself in slavery over it? That's a necessary step. And it starts with changing your vocabulary. Here's the next one. Develop, determine to eliminate your debt. You've got to make a conscious decision. This will not happen by accident. You've got to make that decision. Here's the truth. Your debt is not a money issue. It's a self-control issue. That's really what it is. and, and, and the, I, you, you don't even have to go to Uganda to know this okay you can look and you can see most people in the world if they made what you and I make each month would look at us and say you can't live on that are you kidding but it's because we make our wants needs and then we continue to put ourselves into slavery so determined to eliminate your debt Look at this, this it's a self-control issue. Look at this verse, Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And that's the real issue. And and by the way, let me tell you, if you are in your teens or your 20s, get this now. (laughs) And every 30, 40, and 50-year-old in the room just nodded their head. (laughs) It's a self-control issue. It really is. I just got a, uh, I actually, this last weekend, I got a phone call from the local Honda dealership. The Honda, I bought a Honda a couple of years ago. And, and I'm coming to the end of the contract. Okay. And I just got a friendly phone call from the Honda dealer because they keep track of this stuff. And they know I'm coming up to the end of that. And they called me, salesman called me and says, I just want you to know that right now we've got some great deals going on on the Honda Accord. And I can get you into a brand new 2017 Honda Accord for just about the same payments you're making on your old 2014. And I thought, whoa, I can get a brand new one of what I already have, a brand new one, and the payments are going to be the same? How could I pass that up? And then I thought, because next Sunday I gotta stand in front of people and tell them about not going back into debt. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna go over so well. And then the last one is this. Develop a freedom plan for your finances. Now, freedom plan is a lot nicer word than budget. But that's what we're really talking about. Okay? Budget. Now, let me, here, let me give you an illustration. This is how I'm going to give you a real, real simple starter primer on budgeting, if you, if you will. Um, okay? Every paycheck, you get a certain amount of these. Okay, I've got 10 of them right here. 10 $1 bills. This is called the 10-10-80 plan. 10 of these. Here's what you do. You take the first one, and you give it back to God. You pay God. All right? That's the first 10, 10%. Okay? Now, what you do with that second one? You pay yourself. You put it into savings. Novel, A novel idea, I know, but... Really? And then you get to live on all the rest. See? And, and what you ought to be doing is adjusting your standard of living so that a portion of this can get going, paying down the rest of that debt. Because when you get all that debt paid back, then you get all of this back. Now, I know that was really, really fast. So I'm going to go over that one. really. You know, I'm going to go over it again. <laughs> Every month, you get a certain amount of these. Ten of them. Ten percent. The first ten, you give back to God. It's an act of worship. It's an act of trust. It's acknowledging that he is the owner, okay? This is what scripture says. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. That was an Old Testament uh, um, principle. And the idea was, because it was an agrarian society, and pretty much people lived off the land. And he says, and there was a first harvest, there was a second harvest and a third harvest. He said, no, off the first harvest, you get back to God. That's the first fruit. That's what that means. The second one is, that's for yourself. You pay yourself. You set aside a certain amount in savings. You can set this up uh, probably with your pay, as a direct deposit right into a savings account. I encourage you to do that. Then you won't spend it, okay? But start paying yourself. And you say, well, wait a minute. You know, that's just one of those. What do, that's not going to make any difference. Look at this verse. Proverbs 13, 11. Whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow it's called the magic of compound interest right there in the bible that's it little by little yeah it's a little by little but it grows it grows and then and then what you do with this is you live more realistically and you take some of that and you start paying down the debt now we're going to talk a little bit more about this in the next couple of weeks. That's just kind of an introduction to the whole idea. But here's the thing. If you get realistic about that and then you start addressing your debt, in fact, you're going to be, the homework you're going to do this week in the workbook is identifying the load, okay, that burden that you're under, that we talked about. It's L-O-A-D. It stands for list of all debt, okay? So this week, you're going to do that homework. And, and here's what happens. Here's what happens. When we get our finances in order the way they ought to be, we find a freedom that comes from God. And listen what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church about all of this. He says, God is able. God is able. God is able to bless you, not meagerly, not barely, not just squeaking by. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every." good work. That's why we made generous living a core value of our church. Because when we are generous, God does all of that. And we are able to do every good work. It frees us up to do things like our walk for water. It frees us up to do things like dollar club. It frees us up to do all the kinds of things that we do in terms of ministry. When we get it in the right order, God does something Supernatural. And he does that. And there are many of us in this room who have learned the truth of that and have learned to live in the truth of that. Because your heavenly father never intended you to live in slavery. Christ came to set you free. See, see, and, and by the way, I, I said this last week this is not about buying indulgences, this is not about paying your way into heaven. This is not about earning God's love and favor. He already gave that to you freely as a gift. That's why he went to the cross. He paid that debt. There's an old, it's an old song. He says, he paid a debt I did not owe. And I owed a debt I could not pay. Jesus paid it all. And he wants you to live in freedom in every aspect of your life. Every aspect. Would you bow your heads with me? This financial freedom is so important because it does impact every area of your life. Every other area of your life. It's why Jesus spoke so much about it. It's why it's so important. And I'm telling you, it is probably the most difficult area to get a handle on. But if you can, if you will, there is freedom there. And that's how you were meant to live. So I'm just going to encourage you today to take the necessary steps. Commit to the necessary steps to get out of that bondage. To get the right attitude. To make it a priority each week to be a part of this. Because each part builds on one another. Now again, I know today what we talked about. Maybe for somebody, especially if you're a first-timer here at Northgate or, 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 or new to this, and you kind of had this idea that church always talks about money, and sure enough, you showed up, and that's what we did. I'm just, I want to reiterate, this is not about earning your way with God. It's not about buying indulgences or paying your way into heaven. He did all of that for you on the cross. He wants you to live in freedom. And maybe you're here today, and you need to take a first step of freedom. And it's kind of along the same lines that we talked about in terms of our finances. We've got to admit our need. We've got to acknowledge the mess that we're in. That I've got sin in my life. I've made these mistakes. I've made poor choices. I've, I've gone completely opposite to what God says in this area or that area of my life. And I just acknowledge that. And then I just turn to Him and I say, God, would you forgive me and give me the power to change? I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. And if you've never taken that first step of faith, then not everything else we talked about, that, that comes secondary. It just means receiving the grace gift of God and if you've never done that I want to we do this every week I want to invite you and give you the opportunity to do that if you are here and you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you've never entrusted your life into him and you want to do that today would you just raise your hand and hold it up for a moment so I can see you and, and, and acknowledge you in fact as you do look up and catch my eye and I know that's not as all what we talked about today but, but God maybe is doing something in your heart that's far different than anything I said today All right. Yeah. So I'm going to invite you, just make this your prayer. Lord, here I am with my mistakes, with my failures, with my sin. I need your forgiveness. I am trusting you and I'm asking for your grace. Would you free me from my sin? Would you give me this new life? Now, Lord, for all of us, who have made that decision before, but this is an area that we found ourselves in bondage. Would you, as we acknowledge our mistakes and acknowledge the truth about it, and make this decision to follow you in this area of our life as well, would you lead us into that freedom you have for us? For we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.